fairly dramatic escalation in the war, of course, as you've heard. Putin's gone on the telly, announced a partial mobilisation that would see about 300,000 reservists drafted. He's rattled the nuclear sabre again. Senior fellow at the Centre for European Policy Analysis, Edward Lucas, back with us. Morning. Good morning. Would you describe this as dramatic or not? It's a dramatic gambit by Putin. It also, I think, shows desperation on his part because all the other things he's tried to do haven't worked. So we're going to see another phony, I would say, social media event rather than actual referendum um, to get these parts of Ukraine nominally into Russia. And there's also this threat of nuclear weapons being used, uh, which I think is not nearly as scary as people think. I think this is actually a sign that he is running out of options and he's left with only empty threats. Is th- what's his problem? Is it a manpower issue or is it a strategy issue? It's both. He didn't have the military that he needed to conduct the kind of war that he wanted to fight. And it was premised on the idea that Ukraine was a pushover, which it's not. It was also, I think, seriously held back by corruption in the Russian armed forces. So a lot of the stuff they needed either didn't didn't work or was missing because of the corruption. And the war was fundamentally a bad idea. And when you've got a bad idea to begin with, however much resources and rhetoric you put into trying to make it work, it's still a bad idea. The fundamental point is that Russia is losing on the battlefield. Mm. Ukraine's getting stronger all the time, Russia's getting weaker, Ukraine's advancing, Russia's retreating. I note that flights, one-way flights out of Russia are sold out, you can't get out of the country. Has he got a major internal sales pitch issue here? Yes, he has, because Russians were happy to pay lip service to the war, but they don't want their husbands, brothers and sons uh, dying in it. And I think that the sort of bubble of complacency in Russia that this war is not really a war and anyway it doesn't really affect me, which has certainly been a a big strong bubble in Moscow, St. Petersburg and other big cities, that's just popped big time. And Russians are really upset about this. They don't want this. And I think that discontent is not just growing growing at the grassroots. I think there's also going to be some people taking a long, hard look at things inside the Kremlin and wondering if the boss has lost it. Maybe it's time to look for a new boss. That's exactly what I was going to ask. At what point, if you dismiss the nuclear option, at some point someone's got to look at Putin. How do they do that and what happens? I think that his talk about the nuclear option possibly accelerates the feeling that he's lost it because the... There's a lot of people who've got stakes in this regime, and they would like the regime to continue. They don't necessarily want Putin to continue. So it may be a, a, a knock on the door and polite um, but um, enforced retirement, or it may be shots in the courtyard, his bodyguards um, trying to defend him, and at the end he's um, gunned down um, like Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein or some other dictator. But I think the, um, the, the writing is really on the wall for that. Appreciate it, Edward, as always. Edward Lucas, uh, Senior Fellow at the Centre for European Policy Analysis.